All right, uh, that's a clip there by Menomvula Mokonyane, ANC-NEC member. And she was speaking there outside the Krugersdorp Magistrate Court where more than 80 people were arrested following a gang rape of eight young women in West Village in Krugersdorp. And, and the issues that she touches on, we spoke about them yesterday, but we're moving the conversation forward today and acknowledging the fact that this is a pre-existing situation, but what is the genesis of this situation? Where does a problem come from and what can actually be done in order to get rid of illegal mining once and for good and to free the communities from the fear and the terror that they're currently living under. Now, the police minister, Begi Tsele, yesterday said law enforcement will use a national strategy to deal with Amazamazama once and for all. Today, the Gauteng police pounced on a compound that's believed to be used by several illegal miners, and this was on a hill along the R28 in Krukersdorp, west of Johannesburg. So, what needs to be done when it comes to small-scale miners or illegal miners in South Africa? That's the question that we're asking. And we're also asking you that question. Share your views, your thoughts, your contribution to this conversation by sending us your voice note on 60 that's 060-552-7303. Joining us this evening is Ndade Mishek Mangola. He is the National Coordinator of Mining Affected Communities United in Action, otherwise called MAKUA. Thank you so much, uh, Ndate Mangola, for joining us this evening. <coughs> perhaps let's, Thank you for having me. Perhaps let's start here. Just your thoughts on what has been happening in the country. Um, and, and look... The issue of illegal mining, the issue of crime that's associated with illegal miners, etc., is not a new issue. It's something that South Africa has been dealing with. But as somebody who's very active within this space, looking at what's happening, what are your reflections? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> Thank you, Tom. Um Firstly, who created the problem is the mines that came in South Africa to do mining and did not rehabilitate. They build these hideouts for the, the, the same people. And what they did is they just uh, uh, took the, the minerals and left without rehabilitating. There's what we call the, any mine, subsign vulnerabilities. When you start mining, they should pay a fund for rehabilitating the land and take it as back as it is so that people can be able to do it for building houses. All these places where you find these tailing dams are wasted places, now become hideouts for, 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 for tax. And secondly, uh, we've been trying to engage DMR uh, a long time ago, 10 years back, to say, let's make sure that his mine rehabilitate uh, these places so that you can use it for other purposes. Sectors can use it. But it falls on the fears. And now the solution to do this, again, is to make sure we engage the mines, the the MRE to regulate, to make sure those spaces are. And then secondly, what we did is, because these people mostly were from the mines, if you remember the history very well, when the mines started in South Africa, they went out to Mozambique, Zimbabwe, everywhere, collected people to come and work in the mines for cheap labor. Now, these people, when the mine closes down, they've got only skills to do mining, and now they stay there and do exactly that. Just to put on the table on the plate. 
So you mentioned about rehabilitation of these mines that are no longer being used. What exactly does rehabilitation mean? What exactly does it look like? Okay, yeah. When the mines start mining, they pay a certain fund to say, for instance, this tells them that these people now are interested in a hiding there. They must make sure that if they take out that very same uh, um, residue, I'll call it, waste, you know, and see what they do with it, whether they take it back underground or anything. But they must make sure the land, uh, if they find the land being, uh, you know, a farming land or a, a very clean land, green, they should make sure it comes, it goes back to that very same uh, form, you know, or even better, not even good to us. But that didn't happen, and we still have to find out what happened to such funds where the mine has to make sure it, it brings back the land the way it finds it, or even better. Now, what is the state of small-scale miners in South Africa or Zamazama? How, how big is it? You mentioned that the mine owners would go to Zimbabwe, they'd go to Lesotho, etc., and, and get labor from there and, and bring it to South Africa. But I'm just wondering how huge this industry really is. I'm going to ask you, uh, Ndade, to just hang on for a second with that answer, and we'll get back to it when we return in just a moment. It is exactly 7.50, and you are tuned in to Metro FM Talk. It is exactly 7.52 on Metro FM Talk. I'm Tamin Gweni sitting in tonight for Ayabonga Tawe. In conversation with Ndade Mishek Mbangula, he is the National Coordinator of Mining Affected Communities United in Action. Just before we went to our break, I was asking you about the scale of small-scale miners in South Africa. How big is it? Yeah, we have more than 50,000 of, of these people because uh, all the provinces where there's mining, mostly we still have Zamazamas. Uh, but what we did is um, we we went out and uh, spoke to the government to say, look, um, we're having these people mining and uh, all these minerals that they're mining end up in a formal uh, sector. And that means uh, there is a push because they, they get these minerals cheap from the Zamazamas. Obviously, this thing will grow. But what we said is it will be important that is we engage in trying to formalize this sector and make sure we can monitor and these people pay tax because this sector is giving a lot of people, more than 50,000. And if we can formalize this sector uh, because of the unemployment rate that is so high, we can be able to do it and work it better. And it, we should have even avoided things of this nature where it becomes a... a hideout, but we should have been able to monitor it and make it safe uh, because uh, <clears throat> there's no, I mean, it's, it's a very big scale when it comes to this thing. It even goes to more than 50,000 because everyone goes down there because of unemployment now. And, and what has been the response that you've received from that proposal? Let me say, uh, as, as I speak, on the 16th of August, we will be out there in Parliament sleeping outside because uh, we've been trying to engage TMR uh, in the minister to talk about these issues of and, and mostly uh, 10 of 12 years. We'll have a try and organize a meeting and when the date of the meeting comes, they'll say they've got, better, they've got other serious meetings to, 
to attend. Uh, we've tried once and we started having these meetings. Um, uh, for instance, in Kimberley, we formalized those, some of the uh, uh, small scale miners and they got their place. But after that, nothing happens. They, we've been marching to union building. We gave them 50,000 signatures petition around these issues to say, let's engage, stop excluding us in issues of development and mining so that we can share our ideas. And unfortunately, that didn't really happen. They went out and do a research out of the country, without, and we are pushing them to do a research here on these Zamazamas to see how can we uh, uh, stop or improve or make it better to, to these people. But unfortunately, really, uh, our government is highly, especially TMR, involved in, in creating this situation. And mines, so, mines. So, so let me are ask the, you when you when you say the the Department of Mineral um, and, and uh, Mineral Resources and Energy is involved in creating the situation, what exactly do you mean? I mean uh, they should have hold these mines accountable for uh, bringing back the land and resource and stop these hazards because they, the mines in any way have to rehabilitate them. But they, because now they are in, sleeping in one page with the very same mines. They felt that it's easy for them to live like that because if they forced, if they made sure that the mines, as a regulator, must make sure that they rehabilitate. And if the mine, because what happened is when we engage them to say now the the, the very same situation is very dangerous because these telescopes must remember they've got acid mine drainage and it's very dangerous for the skin, for our waters and everything. So we've been engaging them, but unfortunately. Nothing much happens. So we're saying, as a regulator, push them to make sure that this land is, 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 is rehabilitated. And the mines must pay for leaving their land like this. Which proves that they were just here in South Africa to loot and leave everything like this. Now, I, I wonder if you work together uh, within the, the small-scale mining uh, sector or the artisanal uh, mining sector? Because there is an artisanal and small-scale mining policy that has basically been put in place in order to address this very issue of illegal mining. Uh, tell us more about that. I mean, it, it's waiting apparently for the president to sign on it, but, but, but tell us your involvement in that and if that impacts your society or your group. You see, uh, we have uh, a, a national, you know, um, I mean, um, small-scale miners uh, um, movement that uh, we work with closely. So what happened is, before you can uh, do anything, if you want to buy me shoes, you must ask me what size by the way. So if the, the, the government, as usual, will go out there and draw up laws, that will end up not treating the, the very same uh, sector that is happening. But what happened, as I indicated, we wanted the DMRE to go down and do a bit of a research and work with the Zamazamas. Because Zamazamas, some of them doesn't mean it is just uh, only people, but there are people who are very reasonable at doing that and to engage to say what type of policies, laws, regulations that will suit correctly this sector because there's underground, and surface, you know, and there's water situation and everything. Those those things are true. But unfortunately, we're not part of that and we're forcing to be part of that. So the, the policies that are there won't be able to be implemented because the people that need to be implemented with 
I don't understand it. I don't know what is happening. So it's a problem itself. Even the, the same thing, NPRDA as it is, it's a problem because it was not a, 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 a full consultation of what communities want to see in the mining sector. As the Mining Affected Communities United in Action, who do you represent? Yes, I understand you represent small-scale miners. Do you also represent them if they are not South African, or is this limited to South Africans only, or is it across the board? Well, we don't really want to talk issues. We don't, we don't want to do issues of xenophobia uh, and so on, because... Most of the people who are sometimes here, they were brought in by the very same minds that are now today. They, those are very same people left their families a long time ago. They don't have anywhere to go. So we, as mining affected communities, we represent those people affected by mining, and we listen to the issues and try and engage the very same department to say, these are the issues and how can we very resolve such issues. I mean, if such people, if somebody came illegally, then we, the, 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 the Department of uh, Home Affairs will deal with that issue accordingly. But if somebody have working permits, uh, I mean, we have to deal with that accordingly as well and do it according to its merit. So uh, we look at the, those issues and how that somebody came in here and all that stuff. So if illegal that must deal with a department of uh, uh, home affairs and make sure that is that, that they do their work but we are dealing with the people that are affected by mining and the very same mining left those people in the very same places poor without anything without giving them any skills to go and look work for in other sectors they created the problems if we are dealing with issues of people that are giving problems uh, in, to the communities Minds must be a hold account to account as well because they created this hard out. Let me ask you for your opinion. We played a clip by Mayor Nomvula Mokonyane just a short while ago where she spoke about the expropriation of former mining land and the nationalization of, of, of mines and, and mining a land. What are your views on that? Well, uh, you know, the government has been talking about nationalizing the mines a long time ago, you know, and uh, nothing that has changed. Uh, I mean, they should have been proactive in all this expropriation and uh, nationalization. They should be very much proactive to them. It's disturbing that we we find ourselves reacting to a a situation like this, coming up with ideas when somebody has been hurt and, you know, for the whole of her life, it's so I, I, I would say uh, uh, there's nothing much I take from the government because uh, it might be because they are acting because of this situation. After it has gone down, everything will go back to 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 to, to, to normal. But uh, we as Makua will be pushing, and we are prepared to engage anybody who wants us to push the right things uh, for the communities, for the people of South Africa, for better lives and that we are ready to, to, to work with uh, with people uh, uh, informed consent and make sure everybody uh, benefits from this land. Not only this thing of calling uh, uh, foreign uh, investors when they're just in, in, uh, invading the land, looting minerals, leaving these hard earth. It's a problem. We need to say, how do we start doing our own 
investment and not depending from the outside. That's a problem. It's quite clear, Ndate Meshek, that there is room for legitimate mining on a small scale and that there is a community of people who have been engaged in small-scale mining and who were previous um, employees of the big mining companies. But also, right now, the reality that many South African communities are facing is those illegal miners who are, are, are shining the spotlight on the very adverse effects of having illegal miners and illegal mining what is it that you, as a community, as a mining, small-scale mining community, going to do or planning to do in order to make sure that your reputation is not tarnished and that you are not associated with the criminality that we are seeing unraveling in many parts of our mining communities? Firstly, we, we, when we spoke to our comrades from the small-scale miners in different areas to form co-op, you know, for, for them to be able to sign for the permit, uh, you know, um, mining rights. But one problem that we are facing, the mining rights are very expensive. We have to cost 1.5 million to get the mining rights, which is another problem. The permit is more than 250,000. We see that problem, even if they sign the co-op. But what happened is, um, uh, unfortunately, if the government, the PMR, had listened to us and we had legalized and formalized the sector, would be even know it would be easy for us to say who is rightfully in the in this place or not. Uh, I mean, ten years back, we've been having a sector that is easy to control, to monitor, to say yes, we have these people working there. These are the co-op that are supposed to be there. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So what need, what needs to be done, obviously, now, unfortunately, is to go out there and um, through police, I think, police now have an upper hand to work on those issues. But obviously, we'll engage with our comrades. Say, let's have a, 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 a meeting around this issue and uh, engage communities to try and bring back understanding of what is happening. Because most of the people... And uh, hundreds and hundreds of them still depend on what is happening, on, on, on making money out of those things. So we need to engage the, the small-scale miners, the Zamagamas, to make sure that uh, they themselves make sure that uh, thugs don't come in there and um, they obviously print a black, a black picture around those issues, those uh, uh, in the small-scale miners sector. Mr. Mishek Mbangula, thank you very much for your time and your insight this evening into the small-scale mining industry, as well as the efforts that are being made to, to legitimize the, um, the sector and to ensure that it's accessible to all those who are small-scale miners who were either working in those mines that have been decommissioned, and also the big question of, of what government is actually really doing about this. But, you know, when you listen to the last question I really did ask him, how can they really go out and try and ensure that their small-scale industry is safe and it's not hijacked, um, the revolution being hijacked, using that phrase, when they themselves are not yet legal, when they don't even have um, you know, the entity to be there and to be functioning in that vicinity as small-scale miners? We thank you very much for your time this evening, sir.
That's thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you so much. That's uh, Mr. Mishak Bangula, the National Coordinator of Mining Affected Communities United in Action. So let's hear from you this evening. The WhatsApp voice note line is 060-552-7303. I believe a lot to be spoken about. You've heard in Dr. Mishak now speaking about the strides that have been taken to try and legitimize small-scale mining and artisanal mining and, and literally saying that the government's approach so far has been, you know, top-down and not bottom-up. And therefore, whatever propositions have been made um, by the Department of Mineral uh, Resources and Energy are not really going to be implementable for small-scale farmers. So, yes... Those conversations are currently underway. Yes, it is a problem that government is aware of. Yes, interventions are being put in place. But the biggest question is, are those interventions going to be effective? Will they achieve the desired results, which is the formalization of an informal sector, but also, very, very importantly, the protection of mining communities and mining towns?